what is Sunday about for the Patriots? Uh, <laughs> I'm repeating the 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 intro here. <laughs> it's about Mac Jones' future as an NFL starting quarterback, really, because if he's bad in this game, just like he was against the Saints and like he was against the Cowboys, you have to bench him. Like, but if he's average, he's probably going to continue along this season as the Patriots starter. So you need at least average play out of Mac Jones for him to keep starting moving forward. But if he gets benched again, if they get blown out again, you have to put someone else in there. Yeah, and that was one of the quotes again from from an AFC pro scout. Look, he's a he's a panic player versus yep. pressure, and you just can't have that. But I've talked enough about Mac versus pressure and how he actually was not that bad. So I'm with you. I see this game as either a turning point where you can salvage some of the season. Yeah. I said the last game was must win. They lost. They lost badly. The season as a whole is pretty much going down the sink. But. Or it'll be a point of no return. Patsy DeFerris is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Okay, recording here Thursday afternoon, back in the road office, Gillette Stadium, a, a dour place, I think it's it's fair to say, recording with partner Doug Kai, because as I joked last time, um, there's no way out for him. It's like the Patriots offense. He is connected here to the Herald. He is stuck with me doing the podcast now almost bi-weekly. But uh, on a note about Doug, in the offense, you and I published a story here today about Mac Jones. The essence was basically how did he go with, of course, a lot of organizational help or lack thereof in about 20 months from promising rookie quarterback face of the franchise to a guy who's completely lost. Benched in two straight games, six turnovers. And of course, we're going to cover that here as well as Sunday's game against the Raiders, which I think they can win. I don't know what's wrong with me. There's a lot. It's a big, long list, but I think they can win. Of course, here in the Pats Interference Podcast brought to you by FanDuel the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. So before we spit it out, break down the game, three, two, one, and make our game picks about that story as you're gathering your reporting and I'm gathering mine. What what struck you most just about the last 20 months and what we learned for this story? I, I think just like someone put it very succinctly uh, to me where they're like, yeah, Mac Jones is physically limited, uh, struggles against pressure and makes bad mistakes. And I was just like, that's a pretty brutal combination. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, it is. Because, I mean, as everyone knows, like Mac Jones, the, the big strength of his coming out of Alabama was his brain, what he could do pre-snap, knowing the system, everything. But then, like, that all still kind of exists. Like, he's a smart quarterback. He can do things before the snap. But then once the ball comes to him, he just panics and throws the ball to the other team. And, like, you can't have that if you're also a physically limited quarterback. So, to me, that's what it all sort of boils down to right now. Obviously, there's much larger things here at play as well, just the way that, with, that the Patriots have handled their personnel, you know, how the offensive line has struggled, the wide receiver, everything. But as someone else put it to me, it starts with the quarterback. It does. I mean, that's that's the NFL. And I think it's interesting that when we speak to people within the organization and around league circles, in front offices, staffers, sometimes getting player perspective about this, there was a real divide. Like, I think a lot of the people you spoke to looked at this and said, this is what Mac is. And the counter to that would be, this is what Mac has always been. Again, going back to Alabama. How many times have I said on this podcast, pocket-bound point guard? Right. Okay, you know he's not throwing outside the numbers. And so someone suggested to you that, like, the book kind of got out at him yeah. at the end of the 21 season. What also happened at the end of that season, his rookie year, was a turnover in coaching. Mm -hmm. And so now three different offensive coordinators, three different quarterbacks coach. And I don't know how many quarterbacks can survive in that environment, yeah. let alone one that as one executive told me, I don't know what their plan was at the offensive line, which right. we've talked about in the receivers and the separation, yada, yada. The thing that struck me, and this is almost independent of Mac, but is tied into that environment, is that this front office, as I very recently learned, has kind of gone away from analytics as part of their evaluating. 
tools, which would help you with things like identifying receivers who can separate or offensive tackles who are better in pass sets versus just what you're seeing on the tape when you isolate exactly what they're doing. And there are a lot of smart people in this front office, but that was jaw dropping to me, knowing how, whether you look at the Eagles, some stuff done in Kansas city or other places around the league, like just to not use some some tools that are in there in the bag or have dabbled with them as I know they have was crazy. Yeah. I also think there's an element here that we didn't get fully get into, but it's worth exploring a little bit. Like, Mac Jones' team at Alabama was so loaded. Yes. Like, there are things that you just can't really see from a quarterback prospect of like, he's getting hit so much more now with the Patriots. And at some point, if you're getting hit that often, you're going to start responding differently to pressure unless you're just a masochist back there, essentially. And like, that's something that you don't see when you've got five future NFL players in front of you and three future NFL wide receivers uh, to throw to and a, you know, a undrafted title, like all these guys in place. Like, I don't know how this changes draft evaluation or anything, but like when a, when a guy's on a team, that's that good. I'm not sure if you actually see the full picture of what the player is. Right. Especially coming into a new system. Yeah. And that could go for a lot of quarterback evaluations. Like the, the Patriots struggles in identifying talent is not unique to them. We don't, right write this story to pile on Mac Jones. They've taken a delight in what's happened to the Patriots where these are the worst losses back to back of the Belichick era. It's just to say, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. And they seem to suffer the analytic stuff aside, which is just, they had a group of analytics people in the building. They were here for a year or two and then left Nick Casario around his last couple of years, dabble with this. And then he leaves and is open about what he does at the Sloan sports analytics conference at MIT every single year. And the crafts own a sports analytics group. So that's the crazy part to me. So that, that part you could pin on them, but the rest of this teams miss on quarterbacks Mm -hmm. teams miss on free agent signings, John Smith, Juju Smith Schuster. It's just this storm that has come in along with max reaction to some of that adversity is one person used the word bratty to me Mm -hmm. that has led them down, you know, this, this path where there seems to be no way out. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it really does. And I mean, I we'll get into that now with what this Raiders game means for Mac and the Patriots and the offense and everything like that. But I mean, he's just been so bad. And yeah, there were, you know, things behind the scenes last year too, between, you know, Mac and Belichick and the crafts and all these different things that play into this as well. And I will say that, you know, Mac right now is generally respected around the yes. team because of the hours that he puts in, you know, the fact that he is willing to, he, he likes spending time with guys outside the facility, outside the locker room, that like he is friends with a lot of these guys. So I think that's what makes it a little bit more difficult for players too, is that they want to, and obviously they're going to keep saying positive things to us in the media, but I think that they generally believe a lot of the things that they're saying, but he's just not very good right now. Yeah. And the lead of the story, if you haven't written it again, of course, we're going to encourage you to read our own work. But the essence is there were many people in that building on Monday who right. were, reaching, were reaching out, hearing from people. Again, I I don't know if you heard I was at a wedding on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> I haven't said that a million times, but heard from people after that game going like, oh, the media, it, we're, you know, you guys are going to be honest this week. Well, I'm like, well, yeah, we all watched that game. But the issue was those same people go, you know, I don't think Matt can start. Right. And he is. We heard that from Bill O'Brien Tuesday. Bill Belichick confirmed it Wednesday. And the reality of that is, it's because they don't have any better options. And that's on Bailey Zappi and it's on Will Greer. Uh, But we're moving forward as Patriots are with Mac Jones. So same segment we we typically start out with in these game preview episodes. Spit it out. 30 seconds. What is Sunday about for the Patriots? Uh, (laughs) I'm repeating the the intro here. (laughs) It's about Mac Jones' future as an NFL starting quarterback, really, because – 
if he's bad in this game, just like he was against the Saints and like he was against the Cowboys, you have to bench him. Like, but if he's average, he's probably going to continue along this season as the Patriots starter. So you need at least average play out of Mac Jones for him to keep starting moving forward. But if he gets benched again, if they get blown out again, you have to put someone else in there. Yeah, and that was one of the quotes again from from an AFC pro scout. Look, he's a he's a panic player versus yeah. pressure, and you just can't have that. But I've talked enough about Mac versus pressure and how he actually was not that bad. So I'm with you. I see this game as either a turning point where you yeah. can salvage some of the season. Yeah. I said the last game was must win. They lost. They lost badly. The season as a whole is pretty much going down the sink. But or it'll be a point of no return. Like one and five is one and five. Right. You go on the road, lose badly. You're going to play Buffalo. You're going to play Miami. I think we know how that game, those games are going to go. So it'll be one of those two, a brief turning point mm-hmm. or a point of no return. Um, all right, let's get into the week that was. Aside from our story, aside from Max stuff, starting over has been the big theme. And we keep asking players and we keep asking Bill the point of, he was the one who birthed this idea right. on Sunday after the game. And we asked him on Wednesday, what does what that incorporate the last two days? And his answer was basically everything. It's like, okay, I, I don't know. I, I think fans would want to know what starting over means. We've never heard him speak like this. Right. And he says anything that encompasses us playing better. The other word that we've heard is fundamentals. Yeah. Do you take anything away from that? Does that tell you what we might see on Sunday? I think that starting over means nothing. Like based on what everything that Bill Belichick has said. And like, I mean, if you go back to Mac Jones, Mac Jones three weeks ago was basically talking about starting over. Or maybe, I don't know if it was three or two or four, whatever it was, but he's saying, like, you need to identify the play and who the number one, you know, the, the target is on the play and where you're throwing the ball and whether it's a run pass, run play or a pass play. Like, those are all things that are starting over. So I don't think that this was some, like, come to Jesus, like, we're throwing everything out, opening up the depth chart, like, starting completely over. I guess we'll see on Sunday if things look drastically different. But to me, it just feels like it was just a phrase that Belichick used that maybe he even regrets using because of how many questions he's now got about it. And he was getting a little bit, yeah, I feel like he's getting a little bit saltier about it throughout the week about what the responses that he's giving. But it's like, you're the one who said it. So what does that mean? And obviously he's not going to spill all the beans, but there's just, there's only so many things you can do. And David Andrews talked a little bit about this yesterday to start over in week six, because you still have to prepare for an opponent. Like you still need to practice and prepare for this game. So you can't just go back to a training camp schedule in week six, you have to prepare for an opponent. So I don't think you really can start over unless that means starting over with a new quarterback, which they're not doing. No. And snap into NFL action this season with an America's number one sports book right now, new customers get $200. That's two zero zero on bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, you hear me make these ad reads and hopefully don't fast forward. Get your money and get into the action right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders. I hit the under for Patriots Dolphins. I just had the wrong team winning Uh, and lots more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. $200 in bonus bets with just your first $5 bet. Must be 21 year older and present Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus is issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet. and expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions to apply. Please see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Game says ma.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. The other interesting wrinkle about this week too, which had me in a pretzel as we were writing this story, preparing it, 
and the Patriots go, players are getting off Monday, but they're going to come in and practice Tuesday. I'm going, right. okay, that could be the signal yeah. of a new quarterback, changes to the system. As far as we've heard, nothing of that sort has happened. Right. Other part about the job is, you know, we need to have other reporters on alerts. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that happens yeah. from Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, some other folks on the beat, you know, anytime they pass gas or like we figure it out, it's 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 on our phones popping up. And so Adam Schefter had some comments. Which one passes gas the most? Yeah, I, I can't say that's off the record. Uh, <laughs> it's a terrible example and joke by me. Moving forward, starting over here in this point, Adam Schefter, who has a well-documented relationship with Bill Belichick, suggested that the offense will look very different Sunday yeah. against the Raiders. So I'm waiting for that to happen. We haven't heard anything. I do have some ideas about how it could look different and will be better against the Raiders, but it, they're not ideas that are different based on here's your clear plan B. They're specifically tailored to this is how you should attack the Raiders, which is a game plan or changes. I would say if they were three and two or two and three, right? And I mean, not they're a game plan team, it's right? Like, yeah, right. It's, it's always going to look a little bit different. I also think that the offense is just going to look different in general because of injuries, quite honestly. Yeah, like like Mario point. Douglas, concussion, Juju Smith-Schuster, concussion. Almost certainly both those guys are not playing on Sunday. So you're probably going to see Tyquan Thornton. You might see Jalen Ragor. Uh, you're going to see Kendrick Bourne probably playing out of the slot. You're going to see Devontae Parker, maybe Kayshawn Booty. So that alone, the offense is going to look different. But to this, like, to this point of starting over, the other point that I would make is that almost all those guys have already played snaps like they've already rotated wide receivers and what else can you possibly do about the offensive line at this point because what have they played like 10 offensive linemen nine something like that so it's probably going to be a new group of offensive linemen i'm assuming riley reef is probably going to start somewhere in this group yeah but that's not starting over that's just doing basically what they've done the last four weeks out of necessity all right well let's get into it uh when the patriots have the ball they're going to be facing las vegas raiders who are two and three they are 28th by DVOA. This is a bottom five team, according to some advanced metrics that we should all trust and love. Their last four games consist of a 17 to 13 win over Green Bay last Monday. Uh, the week before, Jimmy Garoppolo's concuss, Aiden O'Connell, fourth round rookie out of Purdue, starts. They lose 17 to 24 against the Chargers. The week before that, they lose another one score game Sunday night against Pittsburgh, 18 to 23. And the week before that, week two, go to Buffalo, get housed 38 to 10. That falls one point win over Denver in their season opener. So, Last week with Mike Giardi, I described the Saints game as like a Spider-Man meme bowl. You know, you're looking at the Saints. They want to play the same way. They're built similarly. And and speaking with some people this week, again, for that Mac story around the league, they're like, you know, the Raiders could win, right? (laughs) It's it's hard. Try telling that to people around here, not just me, because, again, I I see a pathway. You mean the Patriots could win? The Patriots could win. Yes, yes. Because they are 27 by DVOA. The you know, PF, yeah, that, that is PFF is higher on the Raiders, but neither of these teams have scored more than 20 points. The Raiders haven't even gotten to 20 points. Mm-hmm. You have a turnover prone quarterback defensively, they want to play man coverage. Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator for the Ravers, uh, came from New England and carried that system around with him, but they can't play a ton of man, do a lot of you know, poor players in their secondary. Yeah. So when the Patriots have the ball and they're 28th on DVOA and the Raiders are 24th on defense. Let's skip the Mac Jones numbers. Mm-hmm. Like he was dr- drastically worse against the Raiders last year. And I don't know if that was a flash in the pan. They only got pressure on him about 20% of the time. But again, this is a defense that's bad against tight ends. Mm-hmm. And I would just tell him throw away is not a bad play in this game. Right. Because that that's the whole starting point is the yeah. turnovers. Like opponents have scored 22 points. Thanks to you. And you've scored just three. So that that's where I start here. Yeah, I mean, I think that 
it is kind of a Spider-Man meme game, except I think the Patriots have a more talented defense overall, maybe than the Raiders, but the Patriots don't have Max Crosby coming off the edge. So that's obviously um, a big point towards the Raiders. But I would say that, you know, if the Raiders defense looks a lot like what the Patriots were showing this summer in training camp, probably a bad thing for Mac Jones and this Patriots offense, because Mac Jones, the Patriots offense was under siege from the Patriots defense all in training camp. And, Someone actually asked me a mailbag question about this of like, why didn't the Patriots know that their offense was going to struggle based on what they saw in training camp? And there's two points there. One is that no one can actually stack the quarterback in training camp. So you're still kind of seeing, you don't totally see what everything's going to look like if it's not a full contact practice. The other thing is that the Patriots were hoping that the offensive line was going to get healthy and that a lot of that pressure would be fixed. The offensive line has kind of gotten healthy and it still hasn't helped. So I don't know. I could actually see a pretty similar game to what Mac Jones had last year, where he is going to be taking a lot of sacks. Uh, he is going to have to throw the ball away. And yeah, he's just not, he can't have the same as someone put it to me, dumb mistakes against the Raiders. They did against the saints and Cowboys. Otherwise it's going to be another 31 to nothing or whatever it is uh game that the Patriots are losing. So I don't think that this is a tough game for Mac Jones to fully rebound, I think, against the Raiders based on what they showed last year, uh, what the what the Raiders run on defense, and just how familiar Josh McDaniels is with Mac Jones. Right. He's the man who built him up. Right. And now last year, as I just said, drastically worse that season in yeah. a really difficult year for Mac Jones, the whole offense. Against the Raiders, he was 13 to 31 mm-hmm. for 112 yards. But in retrospect, the most important number was zero for turnovers yeah. because that game ended, as we all remember. You know, Jacoby Myers lateral from Ron Andre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers lateral to Chandler Jones back the other way. Before then, that was a 24-24 game. And Mac footwork was a mess. Um, he was 7 of 23 over the last three quarters. Over the middle of the field, completed 30% of his passes and had a bunch of overthrows. So some of that I see is like the, McDaniels knows him. But those are fundamental errors yeah. you can correct. And he talked about it this week. Well, my feet are pointed in the right place, which were off from the start of the Saints game. And my eyes are looking at the right target. Like things go pretty well. But as you mentioned, that's also something he said two or three weeks ago. Aside from that, I already said this, but I think if you give him a focus of just look, we're going to have half field reads. Mm -hmm. If it's not there, throw it away. A throwaway is not a bad play in this game. Because again, the Raiders have not scored more than 20 points all season. So you don't need to get to 24 or 27 or 30 to win this game. The other thing I think they can do is hone his focus like I mentioned half field reads he's still a top 12 quarterback by EPA believe this or not over the middle of the field that's ahead of Patrick Mahomes I don't understand how that works I trust EPA with not my life but like (laughs) you know a a very distant relative and the other idea is just to get him in more play action which I think you'll need to set up with the run uh which there's not a statistical correlation but like the Raiders need to respect it because Mac off of play action 69 percent this season 7.6 yards per attempt and a passer rating of about 100. Yeah, I mean, someone pointed this out to me last week against the Saints. Patriots started off with, what, like a seven or eight-yard run, Mm -hmm. and then two passes, and they go three and out. It's like that would have been a good opportunity for them to maybe establish that run. Like, go with what worked (laughs) on first down. Like, try to pick up those extra two or three yards on the ground. Try to move down the field, eat up some clock. But they go back to the passing game, and it doesn't work. So I do think that there is something there uh, with trying to run the ball as much as you can against the Raiders. Like you said, simplify the offense a little bit. Um, Maybe not the greatest week to do that because I'm not sure if you really want to simplify an offense against Patrick Graham and the Raiders who who know you so well. But I mean, like, 
a lot of those things that were working for Mac Jones when he was a rookie and for Bailey Zappi last year in his two starts, like the play action and simplifying things and scheming things up, like the Patriots have shown in the past that those things can work. So I think that that's almost maybe what you have to go back to basics on start over and just simplify things down to the, down to the fundamentals on offense and, and just keep this thing as simple as possible and just pray that Mac Jones doesn't decide to throw the ball away to the other team or pray that Jacoby Myers does throw the ball <laughs> to the opposing team. And maybe like Kyle Duggar can catch an errant lateral from Jacoby Myers. Can you imagine? And I don't care if he completes this. I just want it somewhere in Josh McDaniel's play sheet that it's a double pass. And Jacoby <laughs> Myers is the one throwing the second because there's just a certain FU in there yeah. um, where he came from the He's FU school of Belichick. Yeah, Myers. he does for his career, as we've seen. You mentioned the receivers. Um, Juju Smith Schuster, Pop Douglas, Mr. Second State Practice yes. today, Mother's Thursday. Day. The team is leaving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it looks highly unlikely either of them is going to be available. Frankly, on the Juju front, I don't care right now for this offense, just given his lack of production, 6.1 yards per 6.1. Is it target or catch? Her catch. Her catch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need, I need a minute. Um, his routes are rounded. Yeah. They're poor. Yeah. Even when he's the designed rub player on these kind of pick route and combinations, he's not getting there. Right. So having him off the field, frankly, just might be an upgrade because yeah. I reported and we talked about here in this podcast, they didn't see him as a top five pass catcher right. after week one. Yeah. Pop Douglas is another issue. Okay, so you guys have heard me talk a fair amount about betting on this podcast, giving you some advice, told you where to make those bets. So I got a quick question for you. What if there was an app that used AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets? Well, good news, and you might have guessed it. There is, and that app is called Odds R. It's the mobile app you need to know what bets of the day are the smart ones. So just download the app right now. I'm serious, and sign up for an account. And just let the latest data analysis guide you through today's point spreads, money lines, and over-unders. If you see green, that's a smart bet. If you see yellow, you're on your own. And if you see red, just don't do it. Move on to the next. Because odds are doesn't take your bets. It makes you better at making them. With odds are on your mobile phone, you're always a tap away from making a smart play every day. It's smart betting made simple. So find the odds are app in the app store or on Google Play and get a two-week free trial. It's just 10 bucks a month after that because the casinos and sportsbooks want you to bet, but odds are wants you to win. Go get it. Pat's Interference listeners actually get a special deal too. You get your first 30 days of the app free, totally free. If you go to odds are, that's O-D-D-S, the letter R.com slash Pat's to download the app. That's odds are.com slash P-A-T-S for 30 days of smarter betting. Free! I'd call that a winning bet. But Tyquan Thornton's going to step in. Yeah. He got 22 of 45 targets last year. It was a disappointing year. Yeah. What what can you expect from him on Sunday, even if maybe there's some addition by subtraction with Juju? I I, I hate to do this because, like, ideally Tyquan Thornton would be this, like, high upside promising player. But we saw so much of him last year, and he barely did anything. I mean, he... He he had like he played like fifty one percent of snaps or something more than Kendrick Bourne. Went up with less than three hundred yards. So like that's just not good. And I think that he can stretch the field. I think that he can add a speed element. But I don't know if the Raiders necessarily need to respect it because he's had drop issues. He gets hurt all the time. Like he he's he's a very thin, frail type of wide receiver. So I think that you can bully him at the line pretty well. I don't think he's going to be playing like on the line of scrimmage as an extra wide receiver. So that helps him a little bit get off the line of scrimmage. But 
I'm just not expecting that much. I think the most interesting thing about this week, if Juju and Demario Douglas, as we expect, are out of this game, is that someone else has to step up in the slot. I don't think that's going to be Tyquan Thornton because he's not that type of player. Devontae uh, Parker is your ex-wide receiver. They don't really have that third slot guy like demario douglas is the back of the juju smith schuster so i think you see kendrick Bourne step into the slot and maybe you know maybe the, that connection between mac and kendrick Bourne finally pays off here they work him into some slants like he's not he's not demario douglas and his ability to get open and man coverage or, or make plays after the catch but i think that he can be you know he can be a chain mover in the slot if he needs to be. So I think that that will help a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we'll po- probably see a lot more of Taekwon Thornton. Um, Kayshawn Booty might get some snaps in this game. I'm interested to see if Jalen Regor gets uh, put in the mix as well, because someone else has to play wide receiver. And uh, the Patriots were pleased with him practicing early in the season. Curious to see if now these injuries actually get him into the mix. And like, I don't know, do they shock us and have Jalen Regor play more than Taekwon Thornton? Like that That's something that... I, I'm not like I haven't heard that or anything like that, but that wouldn't necessarily shock me, you know. So he's actually been practicing. Two things. <clears throat> One is last year when Tyquan Thornton came back from that collarbone injury, played week five against the Lions, same thing, started on right. IR, came back. He didn't have a single padded practice right. that week yeah. and came in and they threw him into the fire. Right. That was either they don't care or they believe in him that much and he went and played. The second thing is, have I been saying Jalen Rager's name incorrectly this whole time? Oh, no, I might be. I might be, yeah. (laughs) Jalen Rager belongs in the Game of Thrones, (laughs) like just on your way down the King's Road. It's the Rager, Jalen Rager. Oh, it's an O at the end, so that throws me a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I've been teaching Olivia how to read, and like... The English language is broken. Yeah. She's like, she's like trying to sound out words. And I'm like, no, that's a long A. No, that's a short. Like, and I'm just like, how would she know? She's six. Like, how would she know that it's an A or an R? Or a, it's that's beside the point. Yeah. It's frustrating. Um, to your point about who's going to play the slot, I think the answer is going to be a tight end. I think yeah. it's going to be oh, Mike yeah. Kosicki. Yeah. And part yeah. of this is, again, I'd laid out, hey, I think there are things the Patriots can do. Um, more play action keep Mac over the middle of the field. I think they're going to bulk the hell up for this game yeah. in the way and play a ton of two back, ton of two tight end sets, sometimes even combine them into play 22 personnel. Cause you look at their game last year, just about half their snaps featured either multiple backs or multiple tight ends. And eight of their first 11 plays were just mm-hmm. that we're going to come in and bowl you over. And a lot of that was the running game. Okay. And when you look at the Raiders defense, like, you know, Mike Kosicki is not a run blocker, but he is someone who can a, relative to his teammates winning against man coverage, mm-hmm. which the Raiders want to do. Mm-hmm. And he plays tight end, a position that the Raiders rank in the bottom 12 in the league by DVOA yeah. at defending. Mm-hmm. So whether you're bulking up to run and he split out a little bit where he comes down and cracks on, you know, the defensive end or he's sift blocking an in inside zone and going opposite the flow of the block. Cause he's going to get the backside guy who can't chase around. Yeah. He's just going to get in his way. He has a real function in this game. Specific to multiple backs, I would love to see Ramondre and Zeke on the field at the same time because yeah. the Raiders are allowing 5.2 yards per carry to teams that use multiple backs mm. in the same set this year. And the Patriots can run in the middle. They're actually yeah. about league average when going between the tackles. Right. It's when they go outside and they so have these weird up. pull and yeah. pin and pull plays where Trent Brown's on the move and they're getting nowhere because Bedarian Lowe's on the other side and they can't block. That's what I think they need mm-hmm. to do is – a lot of these drives are going to result in punts, but we're going to keep pounding away at the middle because this is the bad Raiders run defense. We're going to do it with multiple tight ends. And Belichick called them one of the best in the league this year. I don't know what numbers support that. It's not yards. They're bottom by 12 by DVOA, EPA, success rate, total yards. Like Just vibes. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, <laughs> And I, I just think they're going to play that kind of drag this game into the mud. Yeah. And Mac 
again, a throwaway is not a bad play. Right. And that's the whole game plan. Yeah. No, I think that, yeah, maybe get creative a little bit. Um, Kendrick Bourne, getting some carries. Yep. Jalen Rager, Rager, maybe maybe get him some carries. House of Rager, yeah. Yes. Use his speed uh, because, I mean, he ran like a four four seven, but I, one of the things I heard about him is that he's just like incredibly fast in practice. It might not be able to catch the ball, but like maybe might be able to carry the ball. A little bit know? more motion. Yeah, too. exactly. You know, yeah, like the Patriots yeah. have struggled defensively, and let's jump to their defense yeah. here after I finish this point with plays in motion. They're bottom yeah. ten league against run plays that have motion at the snap, and it forces communication. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit difficult. So I could see Kendrick Bourne getting in motion, taking the end rounds, or Jalen Ragoa uh, <laughs> being there. So when the uh, Raiders have the ball, Patriots are 12th on defense by DVOA. The Raiders are 31st. That's second worst in the league, folks. Mm-hmm. And it's because they are second worst passing and they are 29th by the run. Jimmy G has seven picks this year. He has a 68.8% completion percentage, 917 yards and six touchdowns. And the Patriots are looking at going, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank God, because they have two turnovers. And that is the worst in the entire league. Is this the week? they get their third takeaway. I want to say yes. Oh, please say yes. You were so yes. down on the I, offense, and rightfully so. I you got to some juice yes. in I here. just, like, they're not doing it. it. It has to be. It just simply has to be. And like, I do think that getting J.C. Jackson back helps because he is a ball hawk. He is always near the ball. He he takes good chances. So I do think they will. It's just – it's been kind of mind-blowing to see how few turnovers they've gotten this season because they're usually – I think near the top of the league in turnovers yeah. um, or takeaways, I should say on defense. So no, I think that getting JC Jackson back helps and getting Jonathan Jones back in the mix, I think helps as well. Maybe not even so much on interceptions, but he's pretty good at punching that ball out mm-hmm. sometimes on some forced fumbles. So I think they kind of like, if the offense is as bad as it is, which it is, I think that maybe you have to take a few more chances on defense to try to get some takeaways to, to get your offense in an advantageous position, field position wise. So yeah, I think, I think Jimmy's good for, for one or two turnovers in this game. And the way to do it has been evident, I think for years, uh, dating back to when he was no. starting on San Francisco, it's pressure. Yeah. He, he and Tarek Carr to bring back the Spider-Man meme are looking at each other and right. going, Hey, you're making 15 more million dollars for my old team. Cause Derek Carr's in New Orleans making yeah. 40 a year. Jimmy's making 25 for the Raiders. And he is the third worst quarterback under pressure this season, according to Pro Football Focus, a 36% completion percentage, zero touchdowns, and four picks. So Brian or Brian Belichick, Steve Belichick last year in his head to have matchup with Josh McDaniels, who McDaniels threw the, the sink at him. Okay, yeah. we'll go six offensive linemen, we'll go multiple tight ends, and we'll spread the field and go empty. Like they absorbed that initial script. And then Steve Belichick spun the dial yeah. at Josh more than you saw in any game last year, except for maybe the first Buffalo game. Zone pressures, three-man rushes, um, sim pressures, you know, all-out blitzes. I think you do the same thing to Jimmy. Yeah, it, I mean, the the tricky part is to not have, obviously, Matthew Judon in this game. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I know you did as well, I thought this was going to be, like, the highest potential Patriots pass rush that we had seen Maybe like, I don't know, since the Dante Hightower, those types of days. A lot of bad takes to start the season. And and just like it hasn't come to fruition so far this season. And one big factor is that Keon White hasn't been as consistent as you would like to see him Mm -hmm. as a pass rusher. Josh Josh Uche is still bringing pressure, but he can't be the only one doing it. Dietrich Wise hasn't been that productive. So I think this is a big game actually for Keon White to bring some pressure uh, from defensive end because – if it's not him, it's probably not going to be Anthony Jennings. It's probably not going to be John Lonnie Tobias, like these other guys who play on the edge. 
or more run defense players. So that's the thing that scares me a little bit. I do think that there are ways to get pressure from defensive backs, though, um, if they do want to go with some all up blitzes or some, you know, safety blitzes or corner blitzes, because Miles Bryan is actually a pretty good blitzer. Jonathan Jones has been a pretty good blitzer in the past. Kyle Duggar can rush the passer. Like they do have Adrian Phillips is a guy who can rush the passer in the past. I think that if you are mixing things up like that, uh, then you can get pressure uh, after Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you're doing it for more traditional manner, the Patriots just have not been very good at bringing pressure this season. Yeah, and they brought, they brought a lot of pressure, and they didn't get a single sack bringing right. pressure at right. Derek Carr last week, again, knowing he would melt eventually, and he just yeah. didn't because right. they didn't get home. Uh, and part of that was a four-man rush. But I look at this game, and let's say, okay, they damn it up. Like Josh is ahead, and they've got Max Protect, whatever the case is, Jimmy's standing in the pocket. I can tell you he's going to one of three guys. Devontae right. Adams. Hall of Fame receivers, Belichick said this week. Old friend Jacoby Myers, talked a lot about him this week uh, in other places. Let's skip over that. And Josh Jacobs. Because no other Raiders player has more than six catches on this roster. Yeah, that's so that's easy to say. Just cover these three guys. But it's a little harder when those three are Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Josh Jacobs. How would you handle the Raiders from a coverage plan? Understanding, again, this is the second worst passing offense in the league. But the talent says they're going to come around eventually. I mean, I think what they will do is focus most of their attention on Devontae Adams just because that's what Bill Belichick typically does, tries to take away the best player. And that could actually mean a pretty big game for Jacoby Myers, which wouldn't be great from an optics perspective. But I think that that is probably the way to win this game is to take Devontae Adams a lot more seriously um, than Jacoby Myers. So I think that's what I would probably do. Maybe stick, you know. Test J.C. Jackson, see how he can do against Devontae Adams, mix in some double teams as well, because obviously they're not going to double team him on every single snap. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably the way that would do it. And then I think you can trust, like, Hunter Hunter Renfro has been so unproductive over the last couple of seasons that I don't think that you really necessarily fear Miles Bryant being able to cover Hunter Renfro out of the slot in this game. Uh, so I guess I would probably leave, you know, Jonathan Jones or, or, you know, as, as covering Jacoby Myers and, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see how that matchup would look because it's probably not one that we even saw that often. Um, I guess we saw it pretty often in training camp with those guys matched up in the slot. Not sure off the top of my head who, who won that more often, but yeah, I think that's probably the way that would handle it. Um, I don't know. Like, could the Raiders just give the Patriots Hunter Renfro for this game? Like, they need a slot receiver. Like, just like let him like wear number thirteen on the Patriots for one game, and and then like give him back to the Raiders, or maybe just trade him to the Patriots in general because the Patriots could probably use someone like Hunter Renfro right now, and the Raiders aren't using him. So, you know, again, we could talk more about Josh Jacobs and, and Belichick called him a top five running back in the entire league going into this, yeah. but their offensive line isn't very good. You've heard me say this before. Rushing success is a function of blocking yeah. and defensive box count. So right. the running back is a guy we all watch. It's not actually all on him, whether he gains a ton of yards or not. Right. So I don't really care about Josh Jacobs in this game, which yeah. is great to say right. when he has over 20 catches. But I would think most of those catches are a function of Jimmy being under pressure yeah. and looking for check downs right. or their screens. So really, I focus my attention on Adams yeah. and Myers. Yeah. And I say to Jonathan Jones, you are going to shadow. Jacoby Myers mm -hmm. this entire game. Yep. You're giving up a couple of inches, but he's not someone who's a threat after the catch. No. You understand how to play against bigger receivers. Stick with him. And then shadow or double flat out Devontae Adams. Yeah. Because J.C. Jackson is not 100%. He was spotted icing his knee yeah. in the locker room after Tuesday's practice, a walkthrough. So you need to help in that other mm -hmm. side. And, and Devontae Adams is banged up too. He had a shoulder yep. injury. He had an okay game on Monday night. I just think that's the most straightforward plan. Yep. And this is a defense where I talked about communication. They're missing tackles. They're not communicating as well. Keep a simple plan and just say, you have to beat us some other way. Yeah. No, no, I agree with that. And yeah, I think that that's, yeah. Jonathan Jones 
Jacoby Myers, interesting matchup because it's like speed against a slower wide receiver, size mm-hmm. against a smaller cornerback. But I don't, I don't hate Jonathan Jones in that matchup. No, yeah. punching ball. Yep. Um, all right. So obviously, I don't know if you were at work, you were in school, running errands, or just sitting around thinking about that last Patriots game. But I would bet there are some nights you don't feel like cooking dinner, or maybe even lunch, or maybe even getting up to make breakfast. Well, good news for you as well as for me, we have. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, which can help you fuel up fast just like me, whether it is breakfast, lunch, or dinner. All of their meals are chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat, delivered straight to your doors. You will save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle through Factor. And that's if you are someone who's looking for extra protein with their Protein Plus meals that have 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Or low-calorie, not a problem. Dietitian approved calorie smart meals start at 550 calories per serving. Or if you want something fall, who doesn't? You can go with some of their hearty, comforting meals with seasonal vegetables like cranberry pecan chicken or apple Dijon pork chops ready in just two minutes. That's the deal with Factor. It's quick, easy, and healthy. So right now, go to factormeals.com slash Callahan50. That's my last name, the number 50. Use code Callahan50 to get 50% off. That's code Callahan50 and factormeals.com. Don't wait any longer. Factormeals.com slash Callahan50 to get 50% off your first meals. No more cooking, folks. It's right there. Just click. X Factor. I'm going to go with Juwan Bentley. I just said I don't care about Josh Jacobs. I'm going to already walk that back uh, just a little bit. And Juwan Bentley had a sack last year against the Raiders. He's involved in a lot of those sim pressures, which are basically four-man rushes. One of the, Someone on the defensive line drops out, and you replace him with a fourth rusher, typically linebacker or safety. Juwan Bentley needs to get through up the middle like he did in that opening drive against the Saints and get a sack. And he'll be isolated a lot on Josh Jacobs, probably in coverage. And yeah. he needs to limit those yards after the catch, run after catch. And I don't know if he can do it because the Patriots are 25th in pass defense against running backs. And that starts with him. It's never been a strength of his game, right, but they've yeah. done a better job mitigating. And as a guy who's a captain, you're leading tackler, someone who's going to be used a lot in pass rush situations, he's got to have a big game on Sunday. Yeah, it's really never been a strength of the Patriots defense since they like those like bigger, slower linebackers in general, but never really hurt them that much in the past. Uh, X Factor for me would, would be J.C. Jackson. Uh, just see what that knee looks like. See how effective he can be. See if he can play a near full share of snaps in this game. Uh, because if it's not him, and if he's only playing 30 to 50% of snaps, then you probably see Sean Wade against Devontae Adams mm-hmm. with help. And like I said, you don't you can't always provide help on a no. player. Um, so then that would maybe force you to shift some things around. So I do think that JC Jackson, his health, his ability to, to take away the ball is all key in this game. All right, well, let's get to the keys. Three keys, two matchups, one wild card, three, two, one breakdown, always on the podcast. We haven't talked about Max Crosby yet. He's coming for the folks who are screaming, going like, <laughs> how do you handle him when your offensive yeah. line stinks? Um, is he in either one of your keys? Uh, no, no. Okay. Yes. All right, we'll keep waiting well, on Max Well, you Crosby. said we'll get, yeah. We'll, yeah, we will we'll get to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one of my keys is, we talked about it earlier, is just, Forcing takeaways, like forcing turnovers to, against Jimmy Garoppolo. As I mentioned, I think J.C. Jackson is going to be a big part of that. Like you said, you have to get a lot of pressure against Jimmy Garoppolo, but there's definitely ways that you can force mistakes out of Jimmy Garoppolo. Patriots, Steve Belichick, Bill Belichick, they all know Jimmy Garoppolo about as well as anyone. Uh, he was in the building for three and a half years. So if anyone can force mistakes out of him, then it would be the Patriots. Um, and But no, I mean, you need to... 
you need to figure out what is not working right now as far as taking the ball away, and you need to fix that very fast. And I think that the inclusion of J.C. Jackson in this this defense certainly helps. All right. I have written down winning on first down, Mm -hmm. and – you know, it's just, it's not going to be enough. You got to go bigger. You need to win the first half. Yeah. And because you look back at the game last year and the Raiders get ahead early, Kyle Duggar gets that pick six in the third quarter, just jump starts them to life. Like you're back in the game um, that you really shouldn't have been statistically. Again, we can go back on max numbers, 13 to 31, 112 yards. So you need to put this game on your terms because you cannot ground them into dust, drag this game into the buck. If the Raiders are off and running with an opening drive touchdown or they're up 10 to nothing, like the Patriots, you know, three of their first opponents have been um, after their first two drives. You need to win the first half or at worst to go into halftime um, with with a tie. Yeah, I, my my third key is just that Matt Jones needs to play within his limits. Like, And I, I don't even think last week was him not playing within his limits because I mean, that throw to Tyron Matthew was just him be doing something dumb <laughs> quite often. <laughs> Uh, quite quite honestly, but against the Cowboys, when he's trying to throw, you know, across the head, like across the field, it's just he can't do that. He's not physically capable of doing that. So he needs to play within his limits um, and obviously avoid turnovers like he had against the Saints. But he needs to avoid those risky throws that he had against the Cowboys as well. They're trying to force the ball into tight windows or throwing across the field. It's just not his strength. So he has to avoid it. All right, Max Crosby time. Yes. Two matchups. Um, Max Crosby versus Vidarian Lowe. Like, and this is a matchup, a mismatchup uh, for the Patriots, obviously, where Lowe is allowing pressure on about 15% of his pass blocking snaps. Horrendous figure. You can't have that. You want to have about a fifth of that for any offensive tackle in the NFL. And this is not as simple like we talked about actually here two weeks ago, like with Michael Parsons. Run at him. Right. Go no huddle. Yeah. Double team him. Chip him. Right. You need to do everything. Yeah. He had a sack. He had four TFLs against the Packers on Monday night. This is a relentless player. And so part of it is going to be scheming quick game. Part of it is going to be screens. All the things I just mentioned, because you cannot afford to leave low out there one-on-one, I don't know, more than a handful of times in this game. And when you do, you need to have something in the route concept and the timing of the play to make sure that Mac can get rid of the ball because Crosby's going to get there. He's going to get in the backfield. You just have to minimize the damage in a way that honestly, like, Mac did early against the Cowboys until the strip sack and everything fell apart. But Crosby is going to keep coming in a way that you're not going to see really for many players in the league where there are a lot of people like him, but he, he just, it's not even like a white guy cliche thing. Like he's right. not bringing his lunch pail. He is it's just in a rare way type of relentless. Yeah. And I'm actually curious. I mean, obviously we would expect Vidarian Lowe to start this game, but I'm not sure if we've really gotten a good look at the offensive line That's combination true. in practice. Okay, right tackle. Like, right, no, 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 yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not, yeah. I'm not trying to like, like no, no, no. a point here, uh, but I, I just want to bring up that like, maybe we do see a different offensive line combination. And if Michael Wenu and if Cole Strange can start guard this week, then maybe you see Riley Reef start at right tackle just because what they've been doing out there hasn't worked so far. But like, no matter who it is, it's a mismatch for the Raiders that they can exploit. Um, I, we talked about it a bunch, but J.C. Jackson, Devontae Adams, that's a matchup that I'm watching. And like we all, like we mentioned, like there's going to be a lot of double teams. I think you have to, to give J.C. Jackson a lot of help. But, I mean, if he can win that matchup, even with just one turnover, like if he lets up 70 yards but has an interception, I still feel like that's kind that's of a win. That's, that, that's a win for J.C. Jackson. Even yeah. if you're letting up 80, 90, whatever it is. 100. Yeah, if you can get the interception, if you can flip the field at some point, then that would be huge. All right. Wild card. What do you got? 
Uh, the wild card for me is I'm not sure if I'm actually going to this game. <laughs> like, not to not to make light of this, but like my my daughter is. This we, is the best part before. of the podcast. Yeah, he's he's in the hospital, but she should be coming home soon. So if she comes home on Friday, I'm probably not making it out to Las Vegas. If she's supposed to come home for the weekend. I might not be making it to Las Vegas. Like if she's set to come home on Monday or Tuesday, I'll probably go to Las Vegas. But yeah, that's my wild card right now. It's that like you are the wild card. I think I'm going at this point, but I really have no idea. I'm like 50 50. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I'm facing right now. <laughs> um, I can't say it. I, I basically banned myself from talking about this because I explained <laughs> many times that I was missing the game on Sunday for that reason. I'm also missing this game on the road because of another uh, event uh, but this time I am officiating that mm-hmm. event is one of my closest friends. I, I don't know how much longer I can be friends with them <laughs> when they book these weddings. I'll just yeah, say it rough. in football season. I have another friend that just got engaged and they are tentatively looking at November 2nd next year. If that is not the bye week, I might be questionable yeah. for that wedding. Uh, but if I was going, I would tell you how wonderful this freaking stadium is. I this, still haven't been. This it's is, it is insane. It, yeah. The atmosphere um, all of the amenities, the accessibility. Yes, it looks like the Death Star. Okay, but if this was actually the Death Star in Star Wars, I would have converted from Rebellion <laughs> to the Empire in a second because yeah. I would live here. It's an amazing stadium. So the ticket prices to fly out of Logan are absolutely insane. Wherever yeah. you might live, yeah. to get to Vegas for a game, and especially a Patriots game, it might be worth it. Mm. I have family friends who did this last year, and one of them was a Raider fan. Um, and they had a spectacular time walking distance to the strip. The stadium is unbelievable. The food is cheap. They even have, um, what's the subway shop over here? We always used to go, or the, uh, Capriati's, Capriati's, Capriati's is in this stadium, wow. which I thought was a local chain. Lo and behold, we are getting the wildest wild cards here, <laughs> getting the sub talk. Um, but anyway, if you have a chance, go to Elysian Stadium. It is a wonderful place. And obviously Las Vegas doesn't suck either. Absolutely. Okay. Game pick. What do you got? Um, I have the Raiders winning this one. I'm gonna go with like uh it's gonna be a low scoring affair. I would honestly say 13 10, maybe nope. like like real low. Well, the spread is three, yeah. Raiders minus three. I like the under, even though it's like 41. Um I mean it's hit two of the no. Yeah, basically the last three games, I think. I'd like to see the Patriots score one touchdown before I predict them scoring more than one touchdown. Um fair. They didn't get into the red zone last week against the Saints, right? Um, no. And then their only scoring opportunity was a 48-yard miss by Chad Ryland. So I'm predicting one touchdown for the Patriots. I am as well. Yeah. Um, but I have Raiders 23-13. Okay. And this is, you know, I think the Patriots can grind this out. I think we'll see a much cleaner game. Okay, when you go to fundamentals and the whole theme of the week is like yeah. ABCs and stop at the third letter, um, you know, I, I think they'll have a better chance of, getting out of there with any trouble so uh but it, yeah until they, they need to show it. I, I wrote this two weeks ago like i don't know how you could just blindly believe in the patriots as they are right now but i do think it will be better i just can't predict a win anymore because i did last week and man the egg is still dripping off my face yes. so he is doug kyde i'm andrew callahan thank you again for listening to this episode of the pats interference podcast brought to you by fanduel the folks who love it how quickly i speak i am not sorry uh, for finalizing that way. I hope you have a much more enjoyable Sunday that we have uh, more fun and clean and exciting football to come. Patriots will be on the road to Vegas, 425 kickoff, turning point, or the point of no return. We will find out very soon. Absolutely.